Hello and welcome to another SU Sports Corner podcast. We're doing something a little unconventional here. We're sitting currently in a basement recording this. We're not in the studio at WQSU. I am Josh, joined with Callan, and the quality's not going to change sitting here in a basement trying to record, but we wanted to keep it, you as the listeners and the viewers informed because there are so many topics. We, I couldn't, I was going crazy that I had to keep it all bottled up, but I would, I cannot wait to get this out on the surface and out in the air. So thanks for coming on, Callan. Josh called me just to solely record this podcast. See, we, we're not even doing anything else. He called me, we're recording this podcast, and then I'm driving straight home right after this. That's the only reason I'm here is to record a podcast. Hey, we, we care about the, the viewers. We can't say we don't. A lot to talk about. There There's a variety of topics. The first one we're going to definitely try to get into is the head coaching openings. As a fan of the New York Jets, a little excited. I see a Super Bowl winning coach out on the market who won it as a head coach. He's known as the quarterback whisperer. And I did not think that that quarterback whisperer that I thought we were going to be talking about would be Adam Gase, the disgraced head coach firing of the Miami Dolphins, who ran his way out of town. But beggars aren't choosers here. And the, currently, the new Jets head coach is Adam Gase, who, if you remember, all the veterans hate him, the media he doesn't like. And if you're going to bring in something funny, you might as well bring in a defensive coordinator that brings something similar to that. And you know who they brought in, Callan? They brought in Greg Williams, interim, former interim head coach for the Cleveland Browns, who won more games in eight games than Hugh Jackson won in three seasons Which, with the Browns. Oh, that, that's, and that's impressive by that yeah. stretch. And what, what's his big problem? He hates the media. He's not do well with the media and he doesn't do well with old players so this is gonna be a zoo yeah i can't wait you got two guys who hate the media in the biggest media city in the whole country in the whole nfl what can go wrong i think there's nothing that could go wrong so it is what it is i kind of i would have loved to see mccarthy in with the jets it's a one in a lifetime opportunity if you're them so you got if they had to they but the weird part was there was a lot of leaks that were coming out with Matt Ruley, the Baylor coach who took over the Temple team in two years, turned a two-win team into a ten-win team, and he did the same thing at Baylor. And they were talks that Ruley said he didn't have decision-making over his own staff. That's concerning. There's a lot of concerning factors at the Jets' job. Mike McCagnan, he's coaching or his GMing right now for his job. He's got almost $100 million to spend. And if, if you're the New York Jets, you don't have a long waiting curve. Because here's the thing. Adam Gase has spent three years in this division. Three years, including going 5-1 and one against the New York Jets and including winning uh, three games against the Patriots and including all three of them in Miami, just to I, mention that. This isn't the worst hire for the Jets. We know on this show we like to rip on the Jets, especially we with the Jets fan, because they're the Jets. They make stupid decisions from time to time. This is not the worst thing the Jets could have ever done. I think that Gase, he's been known as an offensive guy throughout his career. He's been known as a someone who can jumpstart an offense, and that's what the Broncos were hoping to get when they hired him. When they had him as offensive coordinator, they hoped the Dolphins would be able to do. You wonder how much Dolph, how great he really could have been with the Dolphins when his quarterbacks were Ryan Tannehill, Brock Osweiler, and a little bit of Matt Moore. So how much success did you really expect for a guy to have with those quarterbacks? I know you like Tannehill more than me. I think Tannehill's a competent NFL quarterback. But Sam Darnold now will be the best quarterback that 
Adam Gase had to work with. I really Peyton, uh-oh. Well, Peyton Manning? As a head coach. Oh, as yeah, a head fair. coach, yes, yes. That's what I, you've, I meant as a head coach, of course. If, Peyton, you were, if I'm yeah. saying Pey- Sam Darnold's better than Peyton Manning, then I should be kicked off this podcast. But it's an interesting hire. I thought it was going to be McCarthy, but it wasn't the worst thing. For once, maybe there's a bit of optimism with the Jets with this hire. It's not what I expected, but we could be sitting here ripping into the hire. Neither of us are doing that right now. So I was angry. It must I'll be, be honest, a little. I was mad at first. Yeah, but you're not going on your usual Josh rant, so we're off to a good start. That's good. Uh, Usually, you know, if we brought in Todd Bowles still, yeah. I'd be screaming. We would be, I think we'd be in a little bit of trouble because there'd be a little bit of like a, a gathering getting formed because... I would, I would, we would have like a uh, a rally outside of MetLife yeah. Stadium saying Todd Bowles needs to go. We could set the over under now <laughs> and how long into the season before we get the first rant on Adam Gase. Ooh. I'll say, knowing you, I'll give him about four regular season weeks say, before but- you're ranting. You cannot last a full season without ripping into a coach. It's going to be about four weeks before he does something that'll make a Josh rant come out, which. Let's face it, you guys have listened to enough episodes. It doesn't take a lot for that to happen. It could be a funny look or a guy not <laughs> showing emotion. It, it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. So I think it's going to be about week five. It, like, there's going to be something that happens, and I'm going to say, this guy needs to go. Mike McCarthy wouldn't leave. I, I also, speaking of Mike McCarthy, I could not believe this guy does not have a job. Looking at his resume, he's got a 73% winning percentage. Mm-hmm. He's won Super Bowls. He's got an established. The only blemish, as everybody said, was how it ended in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and the public discourse that got started. Uh, it's just not good, but McCarthy's going to sit out a year and he's going to evaluate his options. So. He'll, he'll get a job next season. I'm confident that someone will, a job will open up after the 2019 NFL season and in 2020 he'll be an NFL coach again. It's happened, we mentioned, there's a couple, there's another guy we're talking about soon who sat out a year, yep. retired for a year and now is back, so McCarthy will get the call back eventually. It just didn't come with the New York Jets, but he'll be back. It's the blemishes how he ended with Aaron Rodgers. So are many teams really to really ready to give him a callback when it ended with such bad terms with him? It's a little hesitant, as a lot of teams yeah. probably were. Yeah, and so what we're gonna do, great intro into this. Bruce Arians, the former Cardinals head coach, he was the coordinator in Indianapolis. I believe he was working with the year Pittsburgh yep. Steelers yep. back when they were competent as an organization. Hey, hey, they're still competent. They just don't really have Show the most comp. Well, they were competent. Now it's a, they're competent, but a bit of a they're kind of like the Kardashians in the NFL. Someone compared. It's a lot of drama in Pittsburgh now. Yeah, was but gonna, that's not this. This show's yeah. not about that. So, so Bruce Arians, interesting. And he brought in Todd Bowles as the defensive coordinator and as the father like son. Everyone knew that Bruce Arians was not going to go in and take uh, his job, Todd Bowles's, with the Jets. So everybody knew that wasn't going to happen. That's a nice hire, though. They got Jameis Winston, a nice young quarterback they can build around. And this is now or never. If you're Bruce Arians and you're Jameis Winston, they brought him in to be that whisperer to show. Does he still have it left in him to be successful? The Buccaneers made it clear from the very beginning of his process. They were going to hire a coach who was committed to Jameis Winston and wanted Jameis Winston as the franchise quarterback. The Buccaneers still believe in him. And Arians, like you said, he's been the quarterback whisperer. He's been known as a likes to throw the ball downfield. And you know who likes to throw the ball downfield? Jameis Winston. It may force a few mistakes, but I think Arians will be able to live a few of those. And I think it's a match made in heaven in some ways. I think this is kind of the perfect hire for them. 
and it's one of the best situations Arians could be in is with a young quarterback who is still trying to find his way in the NFL. He's had very he's shown sign of greatness and is looking to continue to grow as a quarterback in Arians, someone who may not be there for the long, long run, but could be there for a short time to get Winston to the next level, which the Buccaneers are waiting for him to do. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think this is a nice hire. I didn't see it coming. I'm going to be no, honest I with you. Think, I thought he, he said he only wanted to come back for the Browns, but I guess his CBS gig got a little boring sitting in the booth, so he just was ready to come back in the sidelines. Yeah. Uh, a couple of ones that just came across the wire right now. The Miami Dolphins seems as if they're zeroing in on Brian Flores, the linebacker coach for the New England Patriots. Interesting. There's a very interesting search going up. During their search for their 13th head coach in their history, they were the only coach to interview three different candidates, mind you. Dennis Allen, Darren Rizzo, Rizzi, and Dowell Loggins. Were the, was, they were the only ones interested. Remember, they weren't in the market for McCarthy. They weren't in the market for Bruce Arians. They're not in the market for for most of like the big names right now. They're, uh, they're kind of zeroed in on Brian Flores, Interesting hire and Chris Richard, who got a couple of interviews. If you think about it, mm-hmm. a lot of he got a lot of interviews. I know the Jets were looking at him. He's like the was it the defensive quality control quality control coach for the, for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Trying to get that one yeah, out. It makes sense for the Dolphins to go defensive minded with their head coach, and this is why they don't have a quarterback right now. Yeah. They're moving on from Ryan Tannehill. Blake Bortles. We are going to be petitioning for Blake Bortles to go everywhere. I feel yes. like I'm. Not, even though he's not going to have a job next season, I feel like I'm never going <laughs> to not hear his name, so I just better get used to it. But the, what you mentioned, they don't have a quarterback. Their running back situation is pretty iffy. They got Kenyon Drake, who has shown some signs, but they Adam Gase did not like him. They like to rotate in running backs. And their wide receivers, there's no... Their number one receiver for a lot of time last year was Danny Amendola. They have Devontae Parker they like, but their offense is very shaky. So why not go with someone who can... A defensive-minded head coach, I think, kind of was the right move for the Dolphins, especially with all those question marks at quarterback. The Dolphins could be a last-place team right now, and going into next season, they may be the last-place team in the division. It'll be this offseason will be very interesting to watch and see who ends up taking the helm under center for the Dolphins. Do they go through a draft, or do they go for one of those bridge quarterbacks, like you mentioned, Teddy Bridgewater's out there. You mentioned Blake Bortles. Joe Flacco is going to be available. There are options if you don't want to go in the draft, but we'll get to it soon. There are two <laughs> interesting names now in the draft who there's I wasn't even, sure there would be from the beginning. I, I'm going to tell you uh, there's another name that there's going to take up a lot of buzz in a little bit, and that's the kid coming out of Duke, which we'll talk about. Yeah, uh, There's yeah. a couple of reasons why that he's going to get a lot of buzz, but we're going to talk about that once we get there. Then we got uh, the Broncos' Vic Fangio. Very interesting. It was 10 years since his last head coaching interview, and now the second time he's interviewed since – uh, his first time since that experience, and now he's the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Great defense. They got Von Miller. They got Nick Chubb. Or uh, what's his name? Uh, Brad, Bradley Chubb. Bradley, Bradley Chubb. Chubb. Bradley Chubb. That. When you coach as great of a defense <laughs> as the Chicago Bears were this year, you're going to get interest. And you know what? He's been a defensive coordinator for so long and finally gets another opportunity to, to interview. Every coordinator, you deep down, they'll tell you they want to be a head coach again or want to get the opportunity to be a head coach. So I think that... This is too too much for him to not to turn down. He finally may get the opportunity. It's been like you said, it's been ten years since he had an interview, and now he finally gets the opportunity. It's gonna be hard to turn down. And 
this is a good hire for Denver. I like it. I think that it, it's going to boost a defense that already is dangerous and continue to improve that. They have some question marks on offense. We don't know if Case Keenan's going to be coming back next season. He may be coming back, but as not maybe not as a starter. It may cut him. That's a question mark. That position. They developed some good young playmakers. A running back with Philip Lindsay. He's not. And he, then they drafted really what Freeman. And right? Freeman. Thank you. I was blanking on his name. Wide receiver. They had some good young wide receivers. Cortland Sutton looked good. They shot Hamilton down the stretch after Sanders got hurt. So they have some good young playmakers on offense. You just wonder who's going to be under center. But Denver's a pretty interesting job. It's an attractive option, especially for a defensive-minded head coach. But I don't think if we're we're gonna if we're looking at the the opportunities that you're most likely to win now and the best looking opportunities, there's a couple that stand out there, very there, clear. There are better options. The Browns than Denver. and the Jet job. Oh, they're they're probably the two top, and then you throw Green Bay in there too. There, I think they're further back. I think Browns was the most attractive in my mind of all the jobs, yeah. and Green Bay I think would be slightly above the Jets. Not be. I like the Jets as a good young quarterback. But the opportunity for to work with Aaron Rodgers for so many coaches, I think, just slightly puts ahead. And the Jets, for some people, that media market could be so much to overcome. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I agree the Jets is a very attractive job. But the media and all that, so that could that turn some coaches away. So I think that puts Green Bay slightly above. And Green Bay is just such a storied franchise. It's almost not at the same level but with the Yankees. You get the opportunity to go work for Green Bay, play in Lambeau Field every, eight times a year. It's... It's hard to say no. I think that puts it slightly ahead of New York. But New York was is right there. It's the biggest market in all sports. And you now finally have a franchise quarterback. That question mark is finally answered for them and Cleveland this year, which I'm pretty happy to say we don't have any more of those uh, discussions on any show about is this guy the actual quarterback? Like, we finally can move on past that for those two teams. Yeah, and Baker, he looked solid down yeah. the stretch. He didn't look – he was – on fire, and that's the reason why, if you look at it, why they've hired Freddie Kitchens. He was able to get the most out of, especially after they had that dud of an offensive corner yeah. that you gave, you handed on a silver oh, platter. I was so happy to see him struggle. I did not, Todd Haley was not a good <laughs> offense corner in Pittsburgh. I'm happy that he went over to Cleveland and showed that it wasn't just Pittsburgh. He's just not a good coordinator. Great hire by Freddie, for Freddie Kitchens. He completely helped turn around the Browns' season after they hired, fired Hugh Jackson. Promoted Greg Williams to defense to a interim head coach. Yeah. Kitchens really was the mastermind, which helped turn Baker Mayfield into the quarterback we know now. And he started off just kind of unheard of, and all of a sudden just had one great half half of a season. And that all of a sudden now makes him a head coach, which he, he deserves it. Yeah. He's put a lot of work into this this team, and finally gets the opportunity and. You could tell that Baker likes him and got a good rapport going with Baker Mayfield, and it's a very good hire for Cleveland. We got me the most, Matt, for a little bit of a tangent issue. Yeah. But with the Jet job, the fact that Peyton Manning was the one who made the phone call that got Adam Gase hired, he called <laughs> uh, Chris Johnson. What? Christopher Johnson, you're taking a phone call from Peyton Manning, the guy who ditched you, like, what, five years ago to go and play out in Denver? I think if anyone, if Peyton, Peyton Manning calls anyone, I, I don't, it's hard to turn out a phone call of Peyton Manning. But, like, uh, but he didn't even coach. He wasn't, like, the crazy part is, right, nobody wants to say. Like, everyone's saying, like, oh, he's the one who, like, the whisperer, right? But mm-hmm. do you ever, do you, you don't see, like, Jim Caldwell's name getting thrown around for helping Peyton Manning out. You just see the Adam Gase's name. Why, that's what I don't understand. I think Caldwell, 
Peyton Manning was already established before he went to Denver, and I think that Gase almost extended his career a little bit. There's a question marks of, is he done? And Gase kind of helped turn Peyton Manning into extend his career. I think that's why it's a little brought up. Caldwell gets the credit. It's just not as vocalized now because Caldwell's name's kind of out of it. There's a little speculation early in the offseason as yeah. to whether he'd come back, but that kind of died down from the first week of coaching interviews. Yeah. Uh, one of the last hires we'll talk about was a guy, Matt LaFleur, right? This is one of my favorite things. If you if you just happen to be touched by our boy out in uh, Sean McVay out with the Rams, you're immediately like the head coach of it. If you've just been touched by him, I think we should say that we're touched by Sean McVay, that he had an impact on us, yeah. and who knows where we could be. Cl- Cliff Kim? Cliff Klinsberg. I, <laughs> I cannot say it. That's going to take me a while Kinsberg, to get used yeah. to the two KLs. That's a little hard to say. Hard to say. And it's also... Did you see in his interview? So. Did you see his first interview? He was like, "Yeah, uh, Sean McVay was a great guy. Like we're friends. Like we talk a couple times a month. Like that was yeah. his interview. It was like, what? Yeah, it's that's what all the NFL coaches are looking for. You look at Matt Lafleur <laughs> and Klinsberg. You are very young. They're offensive minded. They They've been around Sean McVay, and they also kind of look like Sean McVay. And they yeah. have the beard, not a full grown beard, but a little stubblish type beard. They can wear the sunglasses and the visor. So yeah, I agree with you. Let's find Sean McVay. Go around him." <laughs> And in a few years, someone will be calling us to be NFL head coaches. Oh, One of us will head coach. We'll bring the other on as like an assistant. I was going to say, you can do the head coach stuff because I'm not, I'm not a great people guy. I'm yeah. going to be honest. I, I'm great calling I'll, the plays. I'll take the just a sit, put on, my, put on my sunglasses, put on a visor, act like I'm calling plays, and you do all the play calls. And I can do that. Take Wait. all the blame when uh, your calls on me and us <laughs> end up both of us getting the can. Hey, I'll, I'll take that responsibility. But this is the part that got me with the Matt LaFleur hiring, right? He was 24th, so he was the old coordinator, remember, with the Rams. He didn't call any plays. He really didn't have that big of an impact. He just was touched by Sean McVay. So Mike Vrabel, who came in, coached the uh, Tennessee Titans, right? You know what he ends up doing? He lets Matt LaFleur call the plays. Do you know what that offense was ranked in the league? It was like 27th. 26th out of 30. How the heck are you getting a head coaching job based on being 26th? On offense, your only time you ever called plays. I think this is a recipe of disaster. I don't know if it's a recipe for disaster. It's got the makings that could be it. You can't fully judge him based off the Titans this year because Mariota was hurt for more than half the year. How do you expect the guy to have a lot of success when Blaine Gabbert's your starting quarterback for half the year? That is fact. And there was the issue with Corey Davis. He was a little banged up. They didn't really have... They didn't have the playmakers that Sean McVay could have in LA. And now you put him in Green Bay where you have one of the greatest quarterbacks of our generation, Aaron Rodgers. You have Devontae Adams, who really established himself as one of the top five receivers in the league this year. Aaron Jones, who was great at running back. You finally, you have all the playmakers to make, to turn this off completely, to continue to improve with this Green Bay offense and get it back to its glory days and get Green back to the, Bay back to the playoffs. Well, let's face it, you and I can both agree, it's weird watching the playoffs this year and not seeing yeah. Green Bay. And we kind of skimmed over it, but real quickly, we'll touch on the Klinsberg hire. No, I was about to go there. It, that was a wild move. This guy's got a losing record in college. He's like, was about, like, got fired, remember, got fired from Texas Tech, right? Two years after, like, going very, very far. Their team fell apart. The players quit on him. He was not very well liked towards the end. Remember, remember that. Not a very well liked guy at the end. They said he was a little cocky, a little full of himself. And then all of a sudden, right, he gets a head coaching job at the Cardinals. He went. He was originally going to be the offensive coordinator at 
uh, USC. USC's athletic director blocks all of his interviews, so he backs out of the USC offensive coordinator job to end up going after head coaching interviews. He gets the first interview. He gets the job. It was the weirdest thing, and the fact of the matter is, uh, a clip came out today that I love. I love this clip. The one where he said, if I had the number one overall pick, I would take Kyler Murray, right? This is last year, during the season he said that, when they played Oklahoma. He knows that has the opportunity, as in the Cardinals have the number one pick, and, he, and Kyler Murray declared yesterday that he will be pursuing football in the National Football League. The former first-round pick, Heisman Trophy winner, is now going to be going to the NFL. And so the question is, is he a man of his word? Is he going to take him with the number one overall pick? What happens to Josh the Chosen Rosen, who they took with, what, the 12th pick last year? What's going to happen? Who knows? I think that it's hard to take a lot of stock into something he said after they played Oklahoma, complimenting the quarterback. I don't think he ever, when he said that, he ever thought he'd have the opportunity <laughs> to use the number one overall pick in the NFL. It's interesting, especially his, uh, wow, I can't think of the word, his journey to yeah. be an NFL quarterback or head coach is you're fired at Texas Tech, you get an offensive coordinator job. USC blocks, or reportedly <laughs> blocks you from getting NFL interviews. And all of a sudden reports come out like, oh wait, no, he's not blocked. He can get NFL interviews. And then two days later, he's hired with the Arizona Cardinals. We'll see what he does. I, I think it's the theme of our last two hires. He was touched by Sean McVay. Yep. And who did he help grow when he was with Texas Tech? Patrick, Ma- Patrick Mahomes. And then, and, wait, did you see who's the offensive coordinator? This one was a fun one. He was the offensive coordinator at Houston, and he had an impact on Case Keenum breaking the passing yard record. Then he leaves to go become the offensive coordinator at AM. And that same year, he gets he, Johnny Manziel wins the Heisman. And so he, then he jumps from that to become the head coach at Texas Tech. Wild story. Yeah. So we'll see what he can do with that offense. Josh Chosen Rosen, as you said. His second year, will that cause any improvements? His offense, he's got playmakers. He's got David Johnson at running back, who everyone considered one of the top running backs in the league going into this year. He had an off year. Was it age? Was it the injuries? Or was it Mike McCoy and Byron Leftwich and Steve Wilkes? Was it yeah. all that that led to it? We'll see if Klinsberg can use him in a little more creative ways to open him up a little more. You may have Larry Fitzgerald again. We'll see if he But I feel like ends the last up. 10 years he's been saying, I'm gone. That's true. I feel, and he can call it quits whenever he wants. He's done yeah. enough for that city. That's right. And you have Christian Kirk, who kind of established nice. him before like, that knee injury. What? He was from A&M. He's a nice player. Yeah, he, he's, he looked good during the time before he hurt his knee. Yeah. So he's, he's got playmakers. So we'll see if he can use them in a creative way like Sean McVay was able to do. Yeah. So that's kind of been the theme of the NFL offseason is get someone <laughs> who has been around Sean McVay, and we can't get into it. one official. More, yeah. Zach Taylor yeah. is now – being considered the favorite for the Bengal job. And what has he done? He's been around Sean McVay. So I said it before. We are going to find Sean McVay and somehow yeah. get in contact with him to get ourselves an NFL coaching job in the future. Or I'm okay going with under Andy Reid as well. Because look at Andy Reid's guys. True. Matt Nagy looking real solid. Doug, Dougie Peterson looking real solid. I think I'm, I'm going to go by Sean McVay because he's a little closer to our age. Okay. So we'll be able to do. I like Andy Reid. I like Andy Reid. And I think he'll be a. Fun coach. We can go get some barbecue. I was about to say. Yeah, that, a, we can go, I was going to say, we can go out to a barbecue place. We can yeah. go out. Sean McVay may try to show me film and explain <laughs> the history of the play and go way too in-depth and stuff because he's got the brain of Einstein in the NFL level. He's just one of the biggest brains I've ever seen in the NFL. He can take a simple pitch, pitch handoff and explain every single little detail and 
precise detail. It's it's incredible sometimes hearing him speak. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I, Zach Taylor one's a little weird of a hire. Yeah. They say Andy Dalton's not the guy. I'm, remember, this is a bad draft class for quarter. Dwayne Haskins came out. There's the quarterback, I believe, Jones out of. My, my sleeper is the Duke quarterback, and he's a guy who, um, remember, they have Colcliffe, who was, so Daniel Jones enters the draft, and Colcliffe, who, if you remember who he's worked under, a little guy by the name of Eli Manning, by name of Peyton Manning. Those sound familiar. A couple of big names. And he said, this is the kid that reminds him most of Eli Manning. He's a pocket quarterback. He's very traditional. And I, I'm telling you right now, you could almost go to the bank with this. That's going to be a name who's it's going to be flying up the draft boards. You can hit, say you heard it here first with WQSU. Josh told you that this is going to be the guy, Daniel Jones. He shows that he's got the pocket finesse. He's got he he has what it takes to be a next level quarterback. There right now, not many people are too high on him per se, but watch sooner than later, he's going to be he's going to be probably the guy. Because here's the question, right? Here's the question: You have Dwayne Haskins come out out of Ohio State, who I'm not I'm not sold on. I think he's a good, great college quarterback. He's like Trace McSorley. He's one yeah. of those guys. Great college quarterbacks. He, I don't think he's kind of has. I'm scared of him coming from a spread off, uh, a spread offense. I'm a little nervous. I'm, if we're being honest, I, I'm not sure yet. We haven't seen any Ohio State quarterback really make a mark in the NFL. Is he any different? Those questions still remain. I'll get into the next guy too. Kyler Murray, yep. going coming out of Oklahoma, originally drafted ninth overall by the Oakland Athletics, signing with them to play Major League Baseball. And then all of a sudden deciding to go in the NFL draft. That was big, a big question mark after he won the Heisman Trophy. I don't trophy. think he should have won the Heisman. I'm still mad. I'm being honest with no, you. No, I, I think he should have won the Heisman. No, and what? The competition. Come on. What? You put the numbers back to close to close. It's so close. And the competition that he played on a database was a little more than what Tua played. And I think that that pushed him over the but edge. Tua threw like four pit, like three picks. Tua, Tua deserves it. And I think he's got, he's got another shot next year to try and win it. But and then go in the NFL draft and probably go, oh, maybe in the first round he he'll go to. So that could be something we be watch going forward. Who has the better NFL career? If both of them do end up in the NFL because who knows? Murray can get drafted and be like, I'm going to try and be Deion Sanders and Barry Sanders and play a uh, not Barry Sanders. Wow, well, Michael Bo Jordan, Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. Do, why did I say Barry Sanders? But uh, for <laughs> dual sport athlete, so you um, never know. And I think that Murray, the question mark for him is his size. Yep. Some people are saying that's a big thing, but. There's a quarterback by the name of Russell Wilson who and Drew Brees who were undersized and had good NFL careers. So I don't think that's – it's definitely a question mark and may push them lower Spread. in some of those draft, draft boards. But I'm not going to make any bold predictions tonight about him. But, he, but I don't know if that's going to hurt him as much. You remember, he's one of those Big 12 quarterbacks that like – just remember, there's no defense in the Big 12. Remember that. We both know there's no defense in the Big 12. True. There's like every year there's a game that's like – 62 to 58 or something every year. And, yeah. like, you can almost – Baylor's don't usually involve. You'll have, like, random teams like that involved every year. And he's one of those guys that just – oh, and the Red River rivalry. That's another one that you just see, like, 50 points on each team put up. So sure. there's no defense. He's one of those guys – I don't think he's going to be a great NFL player. If we're going to be honest here, and I don't – I hate being that guy. I don't think he's going to be that good of an NFL player. Yeah, I think that – who knows? And the money – the situation with him, why he may choose the NFL is – it's guaranteed he'll make it right away. Baseball, you got to go climb through the minor leagues. But he got what a five million possi- guarantee already. Yeah, 
it's a very in- weird situation. I'd hate to be the Oakland A's right now and be like, we just invested $5 million in a first-round pick and a guy who may not even step into our minor league complex. Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen with him. It'll be interesting leading up to draft day, seeing if he goes for the dual sport, if he goes for the one, whatever happens. Nobody's talking about dual. That's what's gotten me. Everyone I don't think I don't think it will be dual, but you know what? Especially, I think with moving over to baseball, the, seeing it a little bit with Shohei Otani to be able to do pitch and baseball, yeah. pitch and hit in baseball may push some people to be like, you know, let's try two and do a little dual sport kind of like and back in the old days. I don't know how realistic it will be, but you never know. It's been brought up for as a fun topic, and I don't think it'll happen, but it's a it's fun thing to talk about, just the potential for that is must-watch TV. Yeah, absolutely. And then... There's a couple other fun stories that I would, I would love to talk about. So one of them is there's an interesting article today in the Wall Street Journal that talked about should Trevor Lawrence, who whose team won the national championship. We, re- we really transitioned perfectly into this segment, into this yeah. college segment. Like we Normally we're not good at transitions, but we did a great job today. Yeah, I was going to say, we're on our game. You know, a little on rest and relaxation. Done really well for us. I don't yeah. know about you. I'm not sitting in front of the microphone, so it's maybe a little less pressure. I don't know. It, it feels different. Atmosphere. It's a different atmosphere. We've done we've done well. Yeah, let's so, keep this going. And it'll take a little longer, but we'll we'll screw it up somehow. Let's be, oh, I'm just waiting to to see the big mistake. So I was going to say, Lawrence. so Trevor Lawrence, right? Who remember the freshman coming in there with the, the he looked kind of like the Goldilocks like the hair he had the long streaks I felt like I was watching a little bit of Remember the Titans with a little <laughs> bit of uh, of sunshine a little bit type of I thought we were watching that a little so Trevor Lawrence comes in and remember he from Kelly Bryant takes the job right as like their season their offense was kind of stagnant and he took the ground running yep. and he looked unbelievable trevor lawrence as a freshman quarterback he had finesse he had the poise we've said on this podcast we had question marks about when he took the job yes. maybe me more of a new i don't exactly remember i liked him were... on the uh the the the, the big with the there's this quarterback show with trent delfer oh yeah yeah, yeah. the elite 11 i mm-hmm. saw him on the elite probably 11. similar to gruden's quarterback yeah. camp but, but there's another kid who yeah. we saw in that same exact one we're gonna talk about it after him but we're gonna no, I had question marks about Lawrence taking over as a freshman, but all those question marks were pro- taken oh, really? away. He looked incredible. He led him to the national championship over Bama and just absolutely humiliated Bama, which I've never thought I'd ever say on this podcast is that Bama got humiliated by someone. Yeah, roasted. There's people saying now that he can enter the draft right now and be an NFL-ready quarterback. I'm not buying that, but... No, that's the article in the Wall Street Journal. They were saying he should sit out the entire year, kind of let his draft stock sit, Kind of the way Nick Bosa did. Mm-hmm. And they say he's going to be the first-round pick next year. Or number one overall pick. He could be. I don't think he should sit out a whole year. You see some people talking about people who sit out bowl games, and that's kind of seen I don't like as it. a negative in some I don't like GM's it. Look at, eyes. Remember, you remember, sorry to interrupt you, but you remember the la- the first player, it was a very big deal, because I could tell you what happened this year. There were two significant players. One of them casually was a running back for a, a little college named Stanford. And he sat out because he thought his draft stock would be impacted. And his name was Chris, Christian McCaffrey. But remember, somebody who did not hold out, who was supposed to be a projected top five pick out of the Notre Dame was... Oh, I was... Uh, Jay, thank you. I was, he was somebody who... And he uh, tore his ACL, yeah. ended up becoming a third-round pick. That's the one side of it. However, players... 
their their whole draft stock gets impacted. Remember, Cam Newton, when he got the Heisman, he won the national championship. It put his draft stock on the map. Can you imagine if Tim Tebow decided to sit out of the national championship game? Remember, think about that. If Tim Tebow said, I'm not, oh, I want to be the number one pick. I'm not, No, back in that time span, people used that as a way to increase their draft stock, to show it on the field. I think mm-hmm. this era of technology and where we're at today, that there's so much more out there. And I think a lot of these guys are going to stop doing it. Yeah. However, if it stops working out as well, if some of these guys start failing in the NFL, they could say, well, we could have seen it in that one game or two games. I wouldn't be shocked to see if that – it's going to be – we know it's a trend now. Yeah, and it's, it's been transitioning to a – in the front office of the NFL to younger GMs who may not care as much about that, but there's still those old-school guys throughout the NFL, whether it's in the front office mm-hmm. or even as the head coach, who will look at that and say – if the this one if the NFL drafts more important than the entire team and being there for his team, what's he going to do in the NFL? Is he going to do something like that in the NFL? Is he going to pull a Le'Veon Bell in the NFL just yeah. because of uh, <laughs> if it's all about me and getting into the draft? Will I sit out to get more money? Sure, Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa, Le'Veon Bell, but but Ed Oliver did that like yeah. halfway. He said, "Okay, I'm done. I'm done playing for major uh, major Apple. Right, I'm, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. It's okay, so, and he's going to probably be a top eight pick. Yeah, so I think that." It still is seen negative by some teams. I, I can't name any off the top of my head because it'd be a lot of thinking, and that's not what we do on this show. Oh, yeah. The big brain thinks, hey, the big brain's churning. The ideas <laughs> that go through this brain, unbelievable. But Long story short, we kind of transitioned away <laughs> from that somehow. Lawrence needs to still play and yes. show that that one season was a fluke. And I think that it won't be, and he'll prove that he's still a dominant quarterback, and he'll continue to improve his draft, stock, and if he has anywhere close to this kind of year, he'll be a first-round pick in yeah. the 2020 draft he decides to enter there. You saw he said he wants to win three more. That was a wild quote. He said, yeah. we're going to win another three more by the time I'm done. Yeah, and, LeBron also, and LeBron also said he'd win not one, not well, that two, wasn't not three. LeBron no. was scripted. Yo, yo. Trevor Lawrence was like, so he didn't even say, like, oh, I think I'm just going to win one more. And it's, He said, we're going to win three more. It's, a, it's a freshman in college after Probably the highest point of his life is now winning a national championship at Clemson over a Nick Saban-led team. You're going to say something that... I loved it. Maybe I, I like it. And you know what? It shows confidence in his team. It shows that true belief that, yeah, we are the best team in college football. And I, I like the comment. I'm not taking it to mean anything more. than you know what? He's just at the high point of his life right now. And he may... You may say something that... Not you regret, but something that you... You mean, but not fully mean. Like, it's kind of like... Not like, uh, we want the ball and we're going to squirm out half a little bit. Yeah, that, that kind of thing. It's like, that okay. was a wild quote. Mm-hmm. I can imagine the tabloids that. That was wild. No, I'm sure. You remember Especially that? It was like overtime. Yeah, he was going up against, against his former Packers, team. Yep. He, he said... Throw we're a pick gonna, six, we want the first ball. try, first and then the Packers. Packers go, like, one play later and score. Yep. Yeah. Oh, he I threw know. a pick. Yep. Yeah. Wild. That's how the game ends. Yeah. Wild. But a little tangent. Good for Trevor Lawrence. He looked great. He's going to be a first-round pick next in the next draft, if he keeps up, if he decides to even enter, who knows? That three, we want three more, could mean I'm staying all four years and we're going to win four national champions. That would be good. Or it could Andrew mean. Andrew Luck, remember, Luck went four years. Yeah. Peyton Manning went four. Uh, there's <laughs> Every once in a while, you'll find a couple of nice quarterbacks yeah. that. Or it could mean I'm at the high point of my life. I'm going to say something just to show full confidence in my like team. Like Peyton Manning said. Uh, I, that, what he uh, said after the uh, Super, Super Bowl of the sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> And he, he ended up getting a bunch of chains because yeah. of 
if you're if you're in that position, I just a little bit of an off point. If you're in that position, you might as well just list like what helped me get to this point. Yeah. You know what you ate, you get a free endorsement for life. Yep. You use a certain shower shampoo, you get an endorsement here. You might as well if you're yeah. if you're in that spotlight, you might as well do it. You think about though, if one of us two were put in that spotlight, we wouldn't know what to say. <laughs> you with your big mouth would run off and run off a huge tangent and. The interviewers would start looking at each other like, how long is this guy going to go on for? Like, we have other people we need to talk to. Me, I'd just be happy and probably say one word, and I don't even know. But So you're like a Marshall Lynch, all about that action, boss. You I know I do, why I think I'd do here. more than that. I think I'd do more than that and not say anything about not getting fined. I think I'd be, like, I think I'd be a good press conference guy for a little bit, and then after a while I'd be like, all Tortorella? right. Oh, don't, don't compare me to him. I'm not gonna. I would love. I'm I would be. I'd be I'm not gonna curse anyone. I would. Else. You'd I be would. torts, or you'd be like. Uh, I don't even. I can't even think of uh, who the it Jim Mara. The he... one guy who just would go off forever and be like a. Oh, one... did you see the guy? That, oh, what's his name? And uh, uh, the guy who used to coach uh, Texas Tech back in the day. He uh, had coach of Washington State. He he was. I love the guy, but he, he had one of the great quotes of Mike Leach. Mike Leach, greatest quote. He would just go on for days with his answers. You ask him a very basic question, and he talks about what he thinks is wrong with the world yeah, and with that's, that's, exa- and that's exactly. You'd be asked about what can your team do better, and you'd talk about when you played in high school, <laughs> and then what you did in high school, and then what you ate in high school, and how that transitions to what you do now, and how that tra- you took that in, into your college life, and how you took that into your after-college life. And, your, and You'd go on for hours about a simple question of what can your team do better. So, last point... Hopefully you like our little (laughs) off-topic rant. (laughs) So, speaking of the Elite 11 with Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, interesting quarterback, committed to Georgia. Knowing that Jake Frum was the guy as a freshman, came in there, was the guy at Georgia. He thought he was able to take this guy's spot. Instead, what what happens is he ends up going, he sits out, he sat out, didn't get any real playing time, and he said, you know what? I'm going to be, I'm going, I'm going to transfer to Ohio State. Dwayne Hastings is gone. I'm going to just go in. That's my job now. And the crazy part is, Tate Martell, he's in a horrible spot. Yep. Because everybody said, Urban Meyer, all the coaching staff said, this is your job now. And all of a sudden, this five-star, number one quarter, or technically number two, five-star quarterback comes in there and takes your job away from you. Yep. And so now there's talk that he's going to transfer with the portal. Everyone's going crazy with the portal, the portal, the portal. <laughs> Jalen Hurts also now, the Alabama quarterback, in the portal. Interesting names are going to be out there, and I think there's a couple of names, uh, places that, off the top of my head, I'm thinking of that LSU needs a big quarterback. Jake, yep. uh, Joe Burrow's going to be a senior. They're a team that if, if they can get Tate Martell or Jalen Hurts, that could be a huge splash for them. You look at a team like Miami. Miami's lacking that quarterback help that they need. Ever since, you remember, they had... Uh, Ho- Hoya, whatever his name was. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brad Kaya. Kaya. Yeah. Thank you. He who ends up doing nothing in the NFL. He came out early, but the, he was with Detroit for a little bit. So there's that's an interesting situation there. Obviously, um, you can look at what's going to happen most likely when Trevor Lawrence heads out or when Tua heads out. Or there's a couple. Notre Dame's an interesting spot mm-hmm. if you want to go there. Michigan's another. Obviously, if you want to create that rivalry, uh, bring it back to par. Or how about South Carolina? If you're going to look in the SEC, that's a or that that's going to be or obviously a team like Florida State. Florida State's again DeAndre Francois is a guy who can't stay healthy, but he's a bigger quarterback. Rocket Army. Oklahoma now yeah. losing 
uh, Kyler Murray. I think Maryland, especially mainly for Jalen Hurts because yeah. Alabama assistant Mike Locks, Loxley is headed to be Maryland's head coach. So Maryland's those are just, got a lot of issues. Those are just two more. Now. Those are just two names that I that I've thrown in there. But those will be interesting to watch. And now Fields taking over in Ohio State without Urban Myers, he is stepping away from NCAA. He's teaching a class on. Uh, what was it? Leadership and accountability. That just sounds like the perfect <laughs> job for him to te- be a teacher for. Is, <laughs> I, I, he can do whatever he wants in that program. Honestly, I think, it, and we're not going to talk about that whole scandal. But it showed that he. I think he he carried more weight than the uh, the 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 governor of Ohio or even yeah. the president of Ohio State. You, you have success at a college level as a head coach, and you. Can't do anything, but you can get a. You're gonna be a star of that yep. state, star of that town for a long time. Oh, that's yeah. for sure. And so we'll see what happens with Ohio State. Will they get back into the college football playoff next year? If a true first year quarterback in Fields now is first year starter, it's gonna be interesting. He's, yeah, he's got talent. He's a good ball it, player. He does. He's five star recruit, so he's it, excitement back in. Ohio State, especially after losing Haskins and now Meyer, you're going to need someone to look forward yeah. to. Fields is that guy to look forward to. Yeah. So, can they catch Clemson or Alabama? I, think, I don't know. I Georgia is now in that, in that conversation. Can they catch them? We'll see. I still think we'll Michigan see. could be. Michigan needs Michigan, to win. Yeah. Remember, mm-hmm. they've lost to Ohio State what, like eight out of the last nine years. Harbaugh came there to try and bring back a championship. Yep. He didn't. He did not come back there to get crushed by. Michigan, and they got Shea uh, Patterson. Remember, Patterson's yeah. a guy who he started at, what was it, Ole Miss. And then the next year he's playing it because of some transfer eligibility, which I, I don't know enough about, so I'm not going to try to pretend. But it was a wild thing. And that's what that whole thing about trying to be immediately eligible. And mm-hmm. it's going to be fun. I don't know. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, next, we're going to transition a little bit to baseball. The Yankees made a couple of, of I'd say, nice moves. They brought in Troy Tulowitzki who Yankee fans wanted about in 2008. Uh, I think every year Yankee fans have been calling for him, just like everyone called for Chase, uh, for Chase Headley for a while. Everyone wanted Sonny Gray for a while. There's a couple of names, if you think about it, with the New York Yankees, that, a name that just pops up every year, just like everybody thinks that Brett Gardner's going to get traded. It's like an every-year thing. Yeah, you know what? I don't mind the too low sign just because of the cost. Yeah, It's the league minimum. Yeah. And if he gets hurt or he doesn't, pan out, which he very likely could not, they can just get rid of him. Yeah. And it's not like it'll cost a lot. And they made sure that that's not the only thing that he's not going to be standing there and we won't be completely Ellsbury. in trouble if he something doesn't work out. So we signed DJ LeMahieu. He's a nice player. And Remember, his OPS, though, we talked about this a little earlier, the OPS got me nervous. He was at 9-11. I don't think the Yankees brought him over there to be a power bat. We have enough of those with Judge, with Stanton, no, no, with Sanchez. But you need a lefty with, bat, desperately. We, lefty bat is an issue with the Yankees. And right now, the only lefties that are going to be on in the starting lineup would be Hicks and Gardner if he's in Order the starting my lineup. my guy? Or Greg Bird if That's he's in guy. the starting lineup. But I think Luke Voigt has earned the starting first base You're job. You're not going to defend him anymore? You're not going to him out I'm not going to defend him. He's... <laughs> An injury prone, and even when he's been healthy lately, it's been uh, it's been freak injuries. He has that upside. The Yankees still look forward to, but at this point, I can't sit here and defend him. It's, Who called you, it though? I think- you need to prove that you're still worth the Yankees' patience and still worth the Yankees being 
being hopeful for you. You need to prove that what you said last year, I'll have plenty of at-bats still in the major leagues. Prove it. Luke Voigt did pretty damn well at the end of the postseason yeah. run at the end of September to earn that spot from you. So yeah. if he struggles and you get the job, you need to prove that the Yankees being patient with you is, could pay off. I still think so. You still need a, you need at least seven pitchers, realistically seven starters. And I'm not saying top the line. I'm not saying any of that. I mean guys who, because you know injuries are going to happen. You know things are going not to go your way. And you need, especially you look at how these teams have won recently, they have a plethora of pitching options. They have guys who or who fill up innings who, again, they're not the best. Do you think Nathan Valdez are the best? Not no. even close. If you think, if you look at most of that, of a lot of these staffs that are serious contenders, they're guys that are middle of the pack that can, like a Rich Hill, somebody like that who eats up some innings. He's decent. Yeah. He doesn't, and I think the Yankees still need to add it. I think Paxton's a nice move. I don't know if I fully think Severino is necessarily I still think there's a little a little bit of a question mark for the fact of first half savvy for second half Severino a little nerve-wracking I'm being honest yeah it's a bit nerve-wracking but the Yankees came in this offseason with the goal of getting starting pitching I and thought they the got goal was three to get Harper and Machado. they got three starting pitchers this offseason they re-signed Sabathia for one year which I'm fine for a fifth starter he had that yep. little scare with his heart but he's cleared and he's ready to go, according to them. So that might be enough to move Sonny Gray now that we know CeCe's ready and he'll be taking the ball. Montgomery will be back in June or July, probably after he can. He can throw. He'll be good. If we can get him back, that would be a nice boost. And especially he's young and we don't really have the full young, young lefty, especially now that we'll have Hat for two years. I like bringing him back. He looked good after being traded over from Toronto and you know what, we don't need him to be that ace because we still they still believe in Severino. I still think I still think Severino could be that ace. Apparently they found what was wrong with him in the He's second half. Pitches. Okay. And if he can if they can work on that. But this has been a problem get... twice. If you remember, this has oh, happened con- twice. Congrats, man. No, what I'm saying is pitch, pitch. But I'm saying is both times now he struggled. It's been because of him tipping pitches. And you thought I honestly thought when Joe Girardi who was a former catcher would have talked to him, and I thought that as a former catcher like he was, I thought that would be less of a, a concern anymore. And then now that they're saying that he was t- t- tipping his pitches again, I think it's almost as if like it's a little cause of concern if that's what it's concern, but not a lot of concern. He's so young, he can still grow. If it was something that was in his prime, this all of a sudden, I'm not as concerned as maybe it's because I'm a Yankee fan but it's concerning of course I'm not going to sit here and be like he's going to be back the first half Severino no problem it's concerning for sure yeah. am I going to sit here and say I'm worried and he can't be that ace anymore and he's done and he's bust no I'm never going to say that right now I can't say that right now because he's shown what he can be and I think it's something that they'll keep working on and he can get back to being the ace of that staff he may never be that incredible pitcher that everyone Hopes he's going to be. But he, can he be an ace? Absolutely. I have no belief that he can't be the ace. And I like Tanaka still. Is he going to be the ace that we signed him for? No. But can he be a solid two or three in that rotation? Sure. Paxton was a great trade. I think that gives another power arm in that rotation. I think the Yankees have a good five-man rotation right now. I can compete with a good amount of teams in this league. I truly believe that. I think that they got five arms who... I'm, I'd be confident in a game taking the ball. And you know, start the year for five-man rotation, I am perfectly okay at that. I don't think they need to go out and make any huge splash. Would I be mad if they signed one more guy, like a one-year deal? No. 
I think like a, a good one, uh, someone who could do both, pitching the bullpen and coming and start, especially if we are going to trade Sonny Gray would be a good move, but am I going to be mad if we don't get another starting pitcher? No, not entirely. And I just uh, mentioned the Je- the not the Jets, the Mets made a move with Jed Lowry, and Lowry, I, I didn't know how I felt about it. I'm still shaking my head. I don't know what I'm thinking. He hit 267 last year, 23 homers, 99 RPIs. He's a solid player. I like him, but I was afraid. He reminds me, who's that guy the Yankees had that one year? Who was not, was it Roberts? Ryan Roberts? Yeah, was that the guy? That's that's not the same as Jed Lowry. Switch hitter? Roberts is coming off a ton of concussions. The Yankees got him the cheap because they. And then you had that draw, Stephen Drew. That's another uh, good. That he reminds me of Stephen Drew as well. Nah, I I wouldn't think Stephen Drew with him. I was a bit confused with the Mets because they have Cano, they have Ahmed <laughs> Rosario, they have Todd Frazier, and they were going in this year saying that they're going to have Peter, Peter Alonso, yep. their top prospect, as the everyday first baseman who impressed in the Futures game, impressed in the minors. Everyone says he's ready to go, and now there's this move, so is he really ready to go? Or are they going to do a hole? They said the same. If you remember, they said he was the Yeah, but too. I think Peter Alonso. They, he just, remember, uh, he was like the uh, one of the top prospects in baseball. Yeah, so I think he's, that... I think Lonzo's someone to be excited about for Mets fans. Yeah. I'm a bit confused with this move for them. I get it. Brody Van Wagner has shown that when he said, I'm going to spend money and we're going to make Steve a contender, he wasn't joking. I think his team is a contender. It's what, made, MLB the show? like. Yeah. I, I, it sounds like you and I are playing on like yeah. Xbox or PlayStation. Like trying to make, in like 11. Yeah. A little Robbie kind of action, a little Jed Lowry action. You, oh, Todd you have, Frazier. Todd Frazier, a little up-and-coming guy. You have yeah. Cespedes, who's, like, getting there as a prospect in the pool. You look, like, all you need is, what, like, Moncada or somebody like that, some yeah. random other prospect. And so, I feel like we're building a team right here. We'll see with the Mets. They've made a lot of moves, and now they're trying to make themselves a contender. We know how competitive that NL East is. The Nationals aren't done. They're still in the looking, running for Harper. The Phillies aren't done. They're still in the running for Harper and Manny Machado, yeah. possibly. The Braves, we know. I don't think they're done. I, I think they're still going to be a starting pitcher. Remember when I met pitcher. Bobby Cox? I mean, so when we were at the winter meetings, I, we haven't been on here since the winter meetings. I was at the winter meetings, took a picture of Bobby Cox, no big deal, humble brag, <laughs> and he's currently involved with the Braves. And remember, we were, we were at the Mandalay Bay Hotel, and it's a big, big, big place. And the thing was... Um, Everybody, like, it was like a library every single time. I saw all these different guys, Kevin Millar, Bobby Cox. I saw my, my favorite guy, Billy Bean. I saw all these people, and it's a library. Everybody's starstruck. And, Colin, you obviously knowing me, I, I took it as, like, an invitation. Mark, I saw Mark Deshera. I'm shouting from the Raptors at him. I see Bobby Cox. I said, so what's the deal? Are you guys going to make moves or what? Like, what, uh, what do we, and he goes, we're working on We're working on making a big move. And that's all he said. I took it as it is. You know me, I was super jealous of that. That's like a dream of me to be able to be that close to all these GMs, managers, all that good stuff. But was Josh Donaldson the big move for the Braves? Are they, going, no, after, I think are they I, going after Keiko? You think he's going Keiko? I think the Phillies are getting Keiko. I think the I, Phillies got – I saw what's their, their uh, GM. We walked by him when we were going past so – we were in the one long hallway when you make a left Clint, pass. Clintac? Clintac, yeah. yeah. We saw him. It was like 11 o'clock at night. And the, the kid who I was with, Andrew, he was going crazy. He was going crazy. Cause we just walked in going nuts that we walked by him. And they were kind of, like, you could tell they were coming from a meeting. It was a side door. He was thinking it was Machado. I, I honestly, I don't know what I thought it was. But he was going crazy. 
And um, yeah, but everyone d doesn't know how to ask the big questions. Yeah. I thought it was I th again. I thought everything. I saw Pete Rose took that as an invitation to just ask whatever questions I wanted. Mm -hmm. He was very, for the record, very nice guy. I want to put that out there. Everyone gives him a bad rap. I get why. To me, very nice. Yeah. So just want to put that out yeah. there. Um, a lot still to go in the NBA offseason. We yeah. still have. So wait, where's oh, so where does okay where does Harper go? Where does Machado go? And we, you think you said already you think Keiko goes to the Braves. I think Keiko's going to be an Atlanta Brave. I think that Manny Machado's going to be a Chicago White Sox. Okay. They've made these moves. They acquired Yonder Alonso, who's Machado's brother-in-law. Yeah. And they acquired John Jay. He's an Jay. infield coach, right? Alonso? Saw, or no, the, uh, no, the... They, oh, they acquired the, a former infield coach who was like Machado's mentor coach, growing and up And he was his head coach from high school. Yeah. And now they got uh, John Jay, who's one of Machado's best friends. Isn't that so a college, that, John? That is a college. I think John Jay. Yeah. But yeah, so that, that could be, is that going to be enough to entice them? I don't know, but the money could be. And I think the Phillies, I think they're a little more in on Harper right now. So I think that puts the yes, White Sox. Well, I think that, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, uh, <laughs> wow. This went off the rails. Uh, but I, I do think White Sox are right now RV favorites for Machado, which yeah. I would never thought I would say this late in the offseason. I think the LeMahieu move puts the Yankees out of the running on him. Yep. So I think Machado's a White Sox. And I think Harper, I think it comes down to three, te three teams for Harper. The Nationals are still in yeah. the running, I think. It's the Phillies who are we meeting with him. By the time you listen to this podcast, the, the meeting might have happened between <laughs> the Vegas, in Vegas with the Bryce Harper and the Philly front office and all their head honchos. And the Dodgers, I think, are still in the running. They wouldn't yeah. have traded Puig. They wouldn't have traded Wood. They wouldn't have traded Phil Kemp yeah. in order to free up all that salary. If I'm, if you're saying right now pick, I think the Philadelphia Phillies get Bryce Harper. I think I said that from the beginning of the Phillies would make one of the two big splashes. So I will put Harper in Philadelphia, and I will put Machado in Chicago. Oh, and, then the White yeah. and then we said Keiko to Atlanta. See, I think Keiko's going to go to Philly because here's why. The, the Phillies are going to lose out on both Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. If they, and the fans are going to go bonkers. You're going to hear WQSU going bonkers. If they lose out on one of them, they have to make that big splash, whether it be yep. Keiko or going and get A.J. Pollock, who's yep. still out there, too. I thought the Mets were going to go get Pollock. He I thought might. so, too. They still they, might remember. They I think they like Lagars, and they traded He's for Keon Broxton, who... Rocking is that an answer? Boy. He's a great defender, but it's kind of similar to Lagarde. Great defender, power, but you look at some some people projecting format. If he played a full season, you strike out over two almost two hundred thirty times. So, oh so wait, oh so don't be shocked. Write that, go write this down in the notebook. Because remember, I called Gene Secure trade. Remember that it was like we were like I said he's going to get traded by like tomorrow. And yeah, I did call that. No big deal. Humble brag again. Yeah, I can point out some of the stuff that I called. I just can't think of anything that I've called yet. These things so. just are just firecrackers. Right? Oh, I called hat back to the Yankees. So like the next day, it broke. It was like yeah, yeah. Jeez. Okay. That's um, nice. give, give me your pick. So let's hear this. Harper. Uh, so Machado, I agree with you. He's going to the White Sox. Don't be shocked. Either Harper go to the White Sox. They might open the checkbook. They're not going to get both. If they I go both, think. or he's if either going to go to the Dodgers. Or I think the, Dodgers are still in the running, but I think right now the top two Cubbies teams are. Watch the Cubbies. The Cubs have. So, you, I was listening to something the other day. The Cubs have so much money on their books, they don't <laughs> have room to get them. They'd have to trade a Kyle Schwarber. They or would. Like maybe I don't, get rid I think of Addison they would. Russell. I think they would to get Harper, sure, but who's willing to get take him Harper on? Harper said he's always wanted to be. And remember, I him think. Him and Chris Bryant are best, like best friends. I'm but. seeing it in my head the Chicago Tribune going bonkers because they signed Machado. 
the the White Sox do, and I could see the Cubs saying, "We need to go make another big yeah. move." So it wouldn't shock me. And I then, wouldn't shock me either, but I think that's like four fun. If I'm power ranking the teams to get them, they'd be like that's four fair. fun. List. That's fair. Okay, and you yeah. know what? I'll say it. Yankees aren't out on on Harper Whoa. yet. I don't think they'll get Whoa. him, but the Yankees need that lefty bat, and I don't know. I think they'll still be in the running, but it's gonna be like. They'll be like, if I'm power ranking the top five, they're like five for me. I think the no. Phillies and Nationals are a top two for Harper. And I think at Philadelphia, they've said from the beginning, they're spending stupid money. They haven't done that yet. They signed McCutcheon, David Robertson, traded for Segura. All good moves. Not going to sit here and critique any of those moves. But if they're spending stupid money, that's Harper Machado. Mm. They have a two stupid money people out there. Yeah. So, all right. So now we're going to jump a little bit. We're not going to spend that long. I have four takeaways from every game. Just four basic takeaways, right? And these are funny. I wrote these down. First off, Deshaun Watson stinks. He is terrible. I just want to put that out there. Stinks. So for those who don't understand what's transition to football, <laughs> I shouldn't really say that. He just jumped from Bryce Harper to Deshaun Watson. But for those who don't understand, we transitioned a lot to the wild card weekend NFL yeah, games. That, thank you. So Deshaun Watson stinks, first off. The double joint. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Cody Parkin, I listened to another podcast, very funny. He the, On Friday before the game, he said, we have the worst kicking game in all of football, and this is going to cost us. And, like, everybody thought it was crazy when he said it, and then it, it was right. So it was yeah. kind of like, I feel bad for Cody Parkin, I'm going to be honest with you. I feel really badly for the guy. Your old head, your old coach, Rex Ryan, has kind of yeah. has come out and said he doesn't feel bad for him. Which, but you see the way he handled it? Yeah. I give him a lot of credit. You give him credit. He's... Handling like a pro, it's part of the job, and he's putting the blame on himself, which he shouldn't fully. He got most of the points for the Bears. That offense couldn't do much besides Cody Parkey, so he doesn't deserve the full blame. When it comes down to a game-winning kick, you got to make it, sure, but should he be shouldering the whole blame and be hated? I don't know. Also, so so same game, I also think that – the people who don't think Nick Foles is the better option for the Eagles, are there's clearly something clinically wrong with that. How can they possibly say Nick Foles, the guy who comes in, touched by God again, another guy who's just magically touched, right? That no matter what this guy does, they win. Carson Wentz, do I think he's a better quarterback? Absolutely. Do I think he puts this team in the best position to win under head coach Doug Peterson? No. If, if and you, we talked about this before, if, in fact, the Philadelphia Eagles, and I don't want to think about this, if the Philadelphia Eagles win the Super Bowl, if the they 100% win, Carson Wentz should get traded. If we, if they win the Super Bowl, you and I have a friend oh, who Lord. we would not hear the end of yep. two straight years in a row, and this guy just won a fantasy, fantasy title. He, if he, he brought the trophy, a little fake replica trophy, into the draft room. I don't even want to think of the stuff we'll be hearing from him for the next year. If the Eagles go back to his back. life, I don't can't even want, be this good. I don't even want to think about that. So we're just gonna move on straight. Yep. I, my take on this is this: I, I agree with you in part. Foles is the better option from right now. If Carson Wentz miraculously wakes up after the Saint game and they still move on, it's like I'm healthy, I'm good, let's go. You keep Nick Foles in there because he's, as you said, he's touched by God and somehow <laughs> has the playoff magic. If we're starting Week One in the 2019 NFL season, it's Carson Wentz. Oh, and I don't think so. He's so you have a twenty. Well, how many playoffs games has Carson Wentz won? Because he's, he hasn't gotten a chance to play them. Because he was he done? He's been hurt. He gets hurt. He's not. 
You even you he's need, healthy. He's technically you need, healthy though. You need a competent quarterback, backup quarterback behind Carson Wentz. Absolutely, you need a good backup quarterback. There's no hasn't been any guarantee yet that he'll play 16 games. He hasn't played 16 yep. games yep. in the NFL season yet. Maybe yeah. his rookie year he did, but no. Uh, yeah, you might. Okay. No, wait, was that the year he tore his ACL? No, that was a sec- that I believe was that was the second year. Whatever. Yeah, one year, point. one or two, zero or one years, he's played 16 games of his three-year NFL career. You can't be sure. Are you going to pay $20 million for Nick Foles this offseason? I, I don't know. Does he get traded? I don't know if he I, gets traded. He's got the $20 million option. If he do, they don't take it, he can be a free agent. And a team like Denver or a team like Miami or someone Giants. who needs a Giants, someone who needs a quarterback uh, maybe for a that stopgap. I could see him go. He's gonna be if he leaves Philadelphia, he's a starting quarterback week one. I think yeah. someone will bring him in as like a yeah. stopgap before no, yeah. that amazing twenty twenty quarterback draft yeah, comes out. That's fair. Um, also, Dak Prescott stinks, and we, I, we we saw it play out. People argue with me. We know you're out there. You've argued with me. You've very much gotten in my face saying that Dak Prescott. Oh, he's not that bad. I'm too hard on him. Did you watch that Seattle game? And you know who I'm talking to. You know exactly who I'm speaking to. If you if you watched that Dallas-Seattle game, you cannot tell me with a straight face that Dak Prescott does not stink and he's not competent. Nobody who watched that game can tell me that Dak Prescott does not stink. I don't think Dak Prescott's that great. He's terrible. I am not going to go that far. But he's gotten them to the second round, and he's done well enough with having a great running back, Ezekiel Elliott. Seattle, we can go on about their questionable play, play calling with a consistent run, run, pass, yeah. run, run, pass, run, run, pass. It, it was bad play calling on offense. They got too attached to the run this season, and they need to adjust, and they weren't able to make those adjustments. By the way, that that, that line, plus two and a half, sweating it out yep, a little bit. Yep. I saw Sebastian Janikowski went down, a little nervous, Yeah. and then was... I see the two-point conversion First, first thing in my head went off was they're gonna screw this up like the Super Bowl. I said, yep. "Oh God, not again!" So I got nervous. That was the first flashback I had. The second one, did you? You saw the uh, Eagle game? They, yeah. During the Eagle game, I thought we were watch Philly Special. I said, "Oh my God!" I texted you. Texted you texted me. That I really thought the Philly Special was coming. Down. It would not have shocked me. But the thing is, Trey Burton was on the other sideline, yeah. and he wasn't even in. But they, even the, some, of the players, some of the players did think it was split. You watch the replay, the corners, oh, no. Oh, not this again. Doug, Peter, it, Doug Peterson's one of the most coaches with the most guts in the whole league. Yep. He would have definitely broke that out there if he had. I, I thought we were watching it. I was about to go bananas because I saw I saw Nick Foles looking down he's in the same way that he looked during the Super Bowl he sat there was looking I said oh god well, let's face it though if the Philly special got broken out there we'd still be hearing about it on every single they still sports do. outlet yeah teams oh, I love yeah. every team now who like you, the the Browns broke it out early in the I like love week it. Two, on the Jets when... and then they broke it out and then Hugh Jackson came out I was like oh no we've always had that in our playbook do you see oh, where it came from that's BS there's a great story behind the Phillies I had way too much time over break I learned something great it came out of this high school out in South Carolina right and the offensive coordinator for Clemson was at this camp alright so this coach introduces it to the offensive coordinator at Clemson he thought about it whatever so then he takes it to his team. They got uh, Hopkins. They got Taj Boyd. They got all these nice players, right? They pull it out in the national championship game. It's successful. Then it's, then people start doing it. If you remember, 
They, the Patriots have done it. They did it before with Tom Brady. They, you, it was not like this was the first time it was ever done. But in that, in the capacity that how electric it was, and it turned around that Super Bowl. If it were not for Philly Special, I. Yeah. So we know how much talked about that's been, and oh, if that actually worked in the playoffs again, we wouldn't hear the end of it. Oh yeah, it would be the world would. Twitter would. Not, I just love seeing all the coaches now who are trying it, who tried it throughout <laughs> this past season, and coming out and be like, oh, we've always had that in our playbook. Oh, BS. It worked in the Super Bowl, so now every team did it. It's like when Sean Payton did the surprise onside kick in the Super oh, Bowl. Oh, yeah, or the not, Wildcat. Not, yeah, the Wildcat. Once one team, the Dolphins torched the Patriots, everyone started doing it, yeah. but they always had in their playbook. The onside kick. Yeah, yeah, and I've always had a podcast. <laughs> I, that's a horrible analogy. But so, Oh, I was going to tell you, our next takeaway. Keep, keep going. Lamar keep Jackson going. can't throw. He's not a good He's staying. Another person. You know you're out there. You came at me saying Lamar Jackson was this old quality quarterback who was going to take you guys to the promised land. I didn't see an arc getting built. I didn't see it. You tried to give me that analogy, and look what happens. Your teams and my teams are still sitting on the same golf course because your quarterback <laughs> doesn't know how to throw a football, and your head coach didn't want to put in Joe Flacco for Joe, some whatever reason. Joe Flacco should have been in that game. Yeah. I'm sorry. And Jackson... He was almost one of, ma- he almost made that comeback. So he I guess one we of four for like nine. Pa- no, it was like he had one. It was two completions through three quarters of football. Yeah. How can this guy potentially be? Once it got down to twenty three three, and you have Lamar Jackson, who I think could be a good NFL yeah. quarterback. There's still all that potential, and we've seen the bright upside of him. And it's fun. He's a fun quarterback to watch. When you're down by twenty points and you need to start throwing the ball to come back. Lamar Jackson's not that. I see some people being like, well, Jackson wasn't get anything done. What's Joe Flacco going to get done against a defense that has been putting so much pressure on yeah. the entire game? You weren't getting anything done with Jackson, so why Make keep going? Move, if, yeah. if, if it's broken, why do you keep breaking it more? If remember, it's not working, why do you keep running the same thing? If you if, remember. There's a saying oh. for that, and I can't think of it right now. But <laughs> If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> yes. But I, that probably isn't what we're trying for. But let's go with it. Another great expression. I had a coach that once said that. So I've, I've heard many people say it. Here's the thing, right? If you remember the national championship game last year, there was a guy by the name of Jalen Hurts yep. who struggled immensely. That's a great one. And all of a sudden, the second half, they put Tua in there, this freshman quarterback, this lefty, and lit the world on fire. And, and they won the game. Let's not forget. Joe Flacco knows a little thing or two about playing in the playoffs. Yep. He's got a little Super Bowl ring on his on his finger. So. I don't know. I would have put him in. I think we both agree he yep. should have gotten in that game. But, you know what, Jackson, I think, will be fine. And he'll continue to grow as a quarterback. And we know that Harbaugh will be the coach. There's yep. some question marks about that going in this in the middle of the season. Will he step down? Will they mutually part ways? Yeah. But now we know. And we'll see where Flacco takes his first snap of the 2019 season. It's going to be interesting. Me too. Me too. Um, we got a couple of great games coming up in a couple of hours. Uh are we gonna do the all the games, or are we gonna try to set we live a little bit of a teaser for the for the for uh, Sunday, so we can get get a little bit of the help? I, I'm gonna put my bets out there, so I can help out some people if they want. I know the the pocketbooks a little maybe a little tighter after the holidays, you know, with the gifts and the spending, you name it. But hopefully they got some gifts too. But what should we do? I'm letting you decide here. Let's let's just run through them all. All right, we're gonna run through them all. Okay. If so we... the Colts and the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a, a minus five point favorite at home. The under over of this game is 57 points. Let me fill you guys in on something in case you're not a weather guy. I'm not a weather guy either. I'm just reiterating information. So, 
there's like eight inches of snow hitting Kansas City tonight. This is a big story, by the way. Huge mm-hmm. deal. That the under over is 57 points is I would take the under for eight inches of snow for Indianapolis, who's first off one in seven playing in January on the road. And secondly, a Kansas City Chiefs team with Andy Reid, who doesn't know how to play in a big game. Remember when your team played Andy Reid? Yep. That, that was that a was a, another nail biter, but we somehow eked that out. But, so yeah. I was happy with that. So there's just a lot of my so my thing is take the under of this game. Fifty seven points, take the under, you'll feel confident. Also, another interesting bet for those who are trying to maximize their income would be going with the a little bit of a teaser bet. And I'll explain how this one works. I would take the Colts plus five, which then would turn into plus eleven, and then I would also take the Chargers at the Patriots. There's a plus four, which would turn it into a plus 10. So I would do a six-point teaser on both, and I would take the under of 57 with all the snow and the elements. I think it's going to turn into a run-happy game. I currently think the better run game, I think, probably relies on the Colts, per se. Yep. So I I think this is a smart bet overall, That those two different things. we're gonna I'm going to ask your game pick and then what you think of that line as well. This is... A game I've been going back and forth with all week. Andy Reid, we know how tough he is to beat after a bye week. If the weather is as bad as we think it's going to be, the under is a great call. Thank you. No matter what, I am picking the Colts with the spread. And I'm going to take the Colts. Like I am going to take the Colts to win this game overall. So I, they're the hotter team. They are the hottest team in football right now. They've established Marlon Mack running the ball. We know what their struggles in January, but I think at this point you throw that out the window. It's a new head coach. Andrew Luck has really picked up his game. He's been in the MVP talk. This is the two of the best quarterbacks in football right now in that they were the top two touchdown passers this season. I'm and you. we saw earlier in the postseason last week, players playing their first – quarterbacks playing their yep. first postseason game, they struggle a little bit. Will Patrick Mahomes struggle against a defense that has been playing well of late? So I'm going to go with the Colts. I think that they're just a hotter team right now. And I think that Mahomes may not feel as much pressure. I think he's above all the other quarterbacks he played. But he'll feel some pressure in his first playoff game of his career. So I think straight up I'm going to take the Colts. I think that they're Are you going to take team. them uh, plus five? Yeah, I'll take plus you five. Take, I think okay. even if they lose this game, they will lose by less than five. It's going to be this is going to be a back and forth Probably an offensive game, yeah. but if it's in the snow, then it will be less of an offensive game. All right, I agree. I think it's going to be less of an offensive game. I think it's going to be. Remember that game, and I loved. This is like one of my favorite claims to fame. There was that game that when we were living together, I said we were talking about some of the games. It was Sunday morning. I had to go to work, which didn't want to have to go do, and I was very groggily asked you. You were we were talking about the Bills and it was the Colts and the Bills. It was in Buffalo in December. And I said, what was the, what's the weather? And he said, yeah, there was like two and a half feet of snow. And I said, well, what's the under over? He said it was like 40-something. I said, yeah, take the under big time. Yep. The, there, nobody's going to move the ball. You remember, there was a total of how many? It was like a total of like 200 yards altogether. Tops. Yeah, that was one of the sloppiest games of football I've ever seen. But I don't Watch know if this, will get, this may not get to that level. It depends how late the snow goes in tonight. If it's Fair. something that's still dumping, it's still snowing by the time the game starts tomorrow, then we have something to worry about. But... It could be one of those, it snows tonight, and by the time the game starts, the field's all cleaned up, and the field's good to go. I I like the Colts. I want to say the Colts, but 
I'm gonna go. Ooh, I'm gonna go in Colts here. I'm gonna say the Colts are gonna win. I don't want to say both wild card teams are gonna win. Nah. That's what's getting me on my mind right now. I'm being honest. I'm taking the Colts and a plus, as I said, and I'm taking the under of 57. Next game. Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys taking on the LA Rams. The Rams are a seven and a half point favorite. The under over 49 and a half. It's inside of a dome. Remember that. There's a little bit. The weather is not going to be too much of a concern. I uh, is seven it inside a dome? LA? They don't have a dome. It always looks beautiful in LA. I don't know. No, it's just it's like it's they'll have a dome in a few years, but I don't think they have a dome I right they now. Did. I don't know. That's my fault then. All right. So good correction. Hey, so they used to when seven, they were in St. Louis, but they're seven and a half point favorites. The Rams. I'm taking the Rams. I think the Rams are going to win. I don't love seven and a half. I'm going to take seven and a half, and I'm going to say the Rams. I'm going to take the Rams straight up. I'll take the Cowboys to cover. Yeah. It'll probably be like a 27-20 type of game. So it'll be a barely covering for the Cowboys, but the Rams come off the bye. They're just the overall better team. Now Sean McVay's in the second career playoff game, so Jared Goff's in the second career playoff game. They'll be able to fix the mistakes they had in last year when they were in the playoffs. Yep. So I think that they're just overall a better team. And playing at home, coming off the bye, all the momentum's going to be on their side. Dallas is not good. Dallas, I don't think it's that great. They're good, but I don't think they're that good. And I, I think the Rams are just pure overall better team. But if you remember, there's a most and of the And we know Jason Garrett's not good in the postseason. Yeah. So the clapping. Yeah. Show it. So the thing is, this is the part that has on my mind right now, that the... Um, so here's the thing. I don't think Dallas is that good. And here's the thing. If Dallas gets in positions where if the Rams can stop the run and it's like a th- the Ram- the Cowboys are constantly in third and 13 situations, the Rams are winning this game yep, easily. E- easily. Dak Prescott, I'm not trusting with the ball on third and 13 consistently. Yeah, I think that if you – that's kind of the key. If the Rams, let's see how healthy – Todd Gurley is. We think he's, he's healthy. Real. He's he, fully healthy. He's, he's on the injury report. He's not even on the injury. He's report. good. He's fully I, healthy. Right, then let's. They say fire. he looks. They say he looks really good this week. All right. Let's fire I him enough, up. Then. I had enough time over break to get every single team's injury report. Good. I'm, I'm glad Thank one you. of us does. Thank you. I got nothing better to do. So there's that one. And then Sunday action. The Chargers. The LA Chargers. The team based on destiny right now taking on the New England Patriots. The Evil Empire. The Pats minus four. Favorite at home. They're, they're right now, again, they've done it. They've been there. They People were saying the weather could be bad. I, I last saw a couple of minutes ago, it's going to be about 30 or 31 degrees and sunny at kickoff. Uh, so if the, if the weather was bad in New England, like originally they said in the Northeast, I would have said take the under. I'm not touching the under in this one. I'm still keeping that six-point teaser in there. I don't want to say both of the wild card teams are going to win. I'm taking the Patriots, even though this is the most, uh, the biggest vulnerability they've had since the Empire's been built. Yeah, I, I really like the Chargers right now, and I really, really want to pick them. I purely think they're the better team, straight up. They're the better team. But Tom Brady, but been there. I can't pick against Brady, and I hate doing it because I just, I, I don't like seeing the Patriots back to back. But I can't with a straight face with confidence bet against Tom Brady. So I'll take the Patriots, and I'll take them with the spread. I like minus four. I like Yeah, that. I'll take that spread, too. It'll be close. It'll be like a 27-21, kind of like the Charger, uh, the last game we said with the score. So I just think the 
Patriots, you can't bet against them. You can't bet against Bill Belichick at home in the postseason. No. Especially when things, especially remember when the Empire thinks they're getting attacked. This is a team when that Empire is under attack. They respond miraculously. True, true. So you can't confidently pick against them right now. So I'm not going to do that. I'll take the Patriots. Yeah. And then last game, the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Saints. The Saints an eight-point favorite, 51.5 under or over. I like the Saints, but not by eight. Eight's a lot. If it was like seven, I would take the Saints. I think that eight is a lot. Uh, I want to say the Saints are going to roll it up on them. So I'm going to say the Saints. I'm going to take the Saints, and I'm going to take them the, the eight points. I'm going to take the Saints, but I'm going to take the Eagles with the points. I, they're... You said the Chargers team, that's the, the Eagles just have that playoff mojo. And, yeah, they got blown out by the Saints earlier in this year, but I, this postseason runs a different story. And I think Foles will find a way to keep it close, but the Magic's got to run out sometime. And this is the best team they've faced in a while. The Saints team is just probably, in my opinion, the favorite in the whole NFL. Yeah. So their defense has improved and their offense is been clicking. Nice. Yeah, so overall the Saints are the best team in football right now. I'll pick them to win, but the Eagles will keep it close enough where they'll cover the points. And that's going to be all the time that we got here. We, I want to say we probably will do another one tomorrow or tomorrow could, night. Yeah. I think we're going to have a good time talking about it. We'll see a little. We'll get some instant reaction, something that we'd like to incorporate now on. That's all the time that we got here on the SU Sports Corner podcast. I am Josh, joined with Callan. And thank you for listening, and good luck, and enjoy watching the games.